Thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, learning our purpose, and linking to our community. From wherever you are listening, welcome to the community. We hope you enjoy the message. Great to be hanging out with you once again, Kuo. Now, if y'all know, if you've been hanging out with us at all this year, you know the exact word that God spoke to us to live out. I know it's November. We've been saying it all year long. We are ready. We are ready as currently constructed. It's not about building new things within yourself. This year has been about uncovering the things that are already there and using them. We're, about, we're supposed to be using the skills and abilities not in some far off place, but right where you are. You don't have to go start searching for fields you're supposed to be working in. You are already in the fields that you're supposed to be working in. And Jesus explained these same ideas of the disciples that were going to become apostles for him amongst the nation of Israel. That was their backyard, the field that they were already in. And as these guys got ready to go and start spreading the good news of Jesus, something happened. Israel began to reject Jesus. They refused to believe in what he was telling them. They refused to believe that he was the Messiah, the one that was sent to save them, the one that would eventually save the entire world. So as people continued to flock to Jesus, to hear him preach, to hear him speak wisdom to them, Jesus started to change the way that he taught them. Jesus wasn't as forthcoming with the gospel as he was before, at least not in the same way. And the reason is because too many people were rejecting him. So he created a way where he could speak to the people that believed and keep the people that didn't believe off of his back because it was getting pretty militant. They were getting very frustrated and getting closer and closer to trying to get him to die. Now, what he did was start telling stories. He started speaking parables to these crowds. And this is actually the first time that we will read them in the account of Jesus' life by his friend and disciple Matthew. Now, the word parable comes from a compound Greek word, a mashup of the word para and balo, which together means to throw alongside. A parable makes a comparison between a known truth and an unknown truth. It throws them alongside each other, even though it doesn't seem like they would really fit. Kind of think of it like this. Have you ever paired two foods together that don't seem like they would fit. I mean, the first one that comes to mind for me is something that a lot of people love. It's the Hawaiian pizza. Pineapple, ham toppings on top of a pizza. I personally don't get it. I've had it. It's not my thing, but it is a thing. There are very few pizzerias in the United States that don't offer this combination. Just about everyone sells a Hawaiian pizza. But that isn't the only unlikely combo. What about like chile on fruit? I mean, what would this world be if you couldn't get a fruit cup with chile, lime, tahine, and chamoy? Something that I I thought I invented when I was little, right? Like I remember being, getting home after school and, you know, getting some Oreos and there wasn't really milk or there was milk and I wanted to try something different and I would dip it in Sunny D and it was delicious. Later, I found out that that's like a thing that people did or dipping it in orange juice because they like this uh, um, citrus and the chocolate. I thought it was great. 
Now, one that I didn't think was as great, but my brother swears by, is a pickles and grilled cheese sandwich. That's gonna be a no for me, bro, sorry. Now, others will wax poetic about Wendy's Frosties and dipping their french fries in the Frosties. Uh, that's supposed to be pretty good, it's fine. Now, none of these things seem like they should fit together, but when they are able to bring a taste that is known and connect to something that is unknown, it can actually open up our minds to something new, sometimes something better. Now, have y'all ever, ever done anything like this? Have you ever made a combination of something and it seemed like an unlikely pairing, but it worked out? Well, that's what Jesus was doing as he continued to share this good news, the gospel, with the people of Israel. As he mixed these stories of, of deep, spiritual, godly truth with ideas from their lives for them to better understand it. We well, see people started to understand the coming of Jesus' kingdom better than they ever had before. Now let's take a look at what Jesus had to say to the people of Israel after they rejected him. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat, then sat there and taught as people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. All right, there's a bunch to get into here. First off, the setting of where Jesus is telling this parable matters. He left the house. He walked out of the land of Israel and went to the lake. You see, the water was not exactly a place of fun and relaxation like we look at it today. Back then in ancient Israel, the depths of the water is where evil lived. That's what they thought. This lake, the Sea of Galilee especially, it was called an abyss. People thought that the gates of hell were somewhere down in this lake, in this sea. It was also one of the ways that Israel would travel to get to foreign nations. It's like, on the other side, that's where all those Gentiles are. That's where all the unclean people are. So what Jesus is doing is showing that by getting himself into a boat, he's leaving Israel after they had begun to reject him. And he's going into the places that they feared, connected to the people that they feared. Jesus was letting Israel know that he would take his message to the rest of the world. And then Jesus starts to tell the story about a farmer, someone that was about to sow seeds for a future harvest. And the really interesting part about this is that the parable, this story, it's not really about the human, the farmer. It's about the, it's not even about the seed getting spread. It's about the soil where the seed lands. The farmer stays the same, the seed stays, stays the same, but the soil is what changes. Before this, Jesus would address the crowds and talk about the things of his father. Remember, we spent weeks on Jesus' most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. In that teaching, he was very forward about what it looked like to be blessed, why the law existed, what anger gives way to, what adultery really is, giving to the needy, how to pray, loving enemies, how we should view money, and building your life on the solid foundation of faith in him. Just to name a few. There's more. Now that 
was Jesus's most famous servant. So when he gets in front of the crowd and starts to share the story about a farmer and seeds, then he ends it with anyone that has ears should listen and understand. Which, by the way, the Greek here uh, translated to listen, the word listen and understand, it's actually a kulo, which is a word I hope you're familiar with. So Jesus tells us for it. And he's like, if you have ears, you should be able to get this. And then he's done. That's all. That's all Matthew records from this interaction Jesus had with this crowd of people. As you can imagine, Jesus' dudes are confused. They don't get what's going on because Jesus is doing this in a way that they have never seen him do it before. So, of course, the disciples do what they do all the time. They ask questions. Here's what happened next. His disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, you're permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. This is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they longed to hear what you hear, but they did not hear it. All right, Jesus breaks it down for the guys. Exactly why he is going to be using parables to teach crowds of people. Jesus actually gives them a few reasons. The first one, he's speaking a parable so the disciples can get a deeper understanding of what Jesus is explaining. The guys would be out on their own someday. And by understanding the depths of how the gospel works, it would help them in their own ministries someday. Essentially, Jesus is teaching them a deeper, in a deeper way, and he's giving them a new way to be able to communicate the gospel in the future. It's like this game that we used to play. We'd like grab something and be like, connect the gospel to this thing. And then like me and Abel would have to figure out our way through that. Now, the next thing that Jesus is speaking in parables is to keep the truth of who he is, what he is doing, and the timeline in which it was happening a secret from people that are unbelievers. Not because he didn't want more people to receive the gospel, but to push away the unbelievers that had already heard the gospel, had rejecting it, had rejected it, and are now pushing back against it. And Jesus is sharing these deeper truths with the people that believed, but he kept it hidden from the people that had rejected him. It's kind of like an inside joke. The people that know would be able to nod along with Jesus, like, oh yeah, I get that, ears to hear, seeds, gotcha, dude. Uh, but the ones that were on the outside because they rejected Jesus, because they rejected Jesus, they would be left in the dark. It's just like how an inside joke works. You know, like, I personally love inside jokes. I'd love to participate in one someday. Now, for the ones that were unbelievers, because they had never heard about the gospel of Jesus, a parable would actually draw them in further. This would be something that would pique their curiosity. The parables didn't just convey information, they challenge 
for a response. They challenge people to think deeper about what they already know. It brings them in closer. Now, the last reason that Jesus gives right here is connected to the Jewish scripture, which we would call the Old Testament. It's connected to the scripture that these folks would all know. Jesus quotes from the Jewish prophet Isaiah. Now, Isaiah is a prophet that has a ton of prophecies directly connected to the coming Messiah and the life that he would lead someday. Now, when Isaiah started his ministry way before Jesus, God told him that people would not fully understand his message. And then right here, Jesus is quoting that as people aren't understanding his message. Jesus was in the middle of experiencing this prophecy that Isaiah had predicted all that time before Jesus was even on the earth. And then Jesus explains that it's incredibly special that these disciples get to see this prophecy coming to fruition. He says, I tell you the truth, which is incredibly important. He wants them to know how blessed they are that they get to see this happening, that they get to hear these things because these people, these holy people begged and prayed to see this and they never got the opportunity. And then Jesus explained what this parable he spoke meant. Let's read through it. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Again, this is a parable about the soil and not the farmer or the seeds. And in this, we see four different kinds of soil. Each soil represents a different way that the seed or the gospel is received. The first soil is the footpath, which is basically like seed landing on a sidewalk. It doesn't have any chance of growing. It was hard before the seed was thrown out there. Then at first chance, the seed is devoured by the birds, by the evil one. They have no chance of growth. This would be a lot like the Pharisees and religious leaders in Israel in their time. They were hardened to anything that didn't fit the way that they thought the Messiah would look like. So they were hardened and pushing away who Jesus said he was. Now in this one, they don't receive the gospel at all. However, in the next three, they all receive and accept that gospel, accept Jesus, which is an important detail for us to keep in mind for these next two. You see, the second type of soil is the rocky soil that has some uh, ability to grow but can't establish its roots and dies when the first heat hits them. This represents people that hear the gospel and are joyful and grow fast. However, they aren't really in a place where they can grow and, and dig their roots down deep. They don't have the ability to hang in there even if they wanted to. There are external pressures that are leaning on them. It could be family. It could be life circumstances. It could be anything. But at the first sign of adversity, they wilt and die. The third type of soil is the one that is among thorns. This is kind of similar to the shallow rocky soil, but this one is even more about the outside world affecting them than anything that they have going on within themselves. 
This person would allow subjects that they are concerned with to take over their lives, as opposed to being able to dig their roots deep into the soil. In actuality, this person has the right kind of soil they need to grow. It's just the thorns, it's just the things that are on the outside that are growing around them that are choking them out. Now, really quick, remember what it is that gets you into heaven, what it is that saves you. It's believing in Jesus. Once you accept him and believe in him, you are connected to Jesus's infinite grace. So if you are a person that is growing in shallow soil or your light is choked out by the thorns that are among you, that are surrounding you, I want you to know that Jesus still loves you. You are still saved. Your sins are still forgiven. You are still going to heaven. You just won't be thriving or helping others grow in their faith, but you will still be saved. It's really only the last soil that is able to reproduce. The last soil is the person that understands the gospel, responds correctly, is able to grow spiritually in their own lives, and then they plant their own seeds and are able to help others grow. Even in that, Jesus says that you could get multiple different kinds of harvests, right? So it would be different with each person, but all of these people could be helping others grow and helping bring in a harvest greater than just one. So that brings me to this last question. When it comes to the four different kinds of soil where this seed of the gospel was planted, where do you stand? I would imagine that if you're hearing me talk right now, you've gotten this far into it. You're not the soil on the footpath. You're not the concrete fully resisting the seed of the gospel but you might be the one that is in the shallow soil, the one that is super fired up to hear about Jesus, but once things got kind of hard, you bailed on your walk with Jesus. You walked away from the harvest that you're called to. Or are you the one that is surrounded by the thorns? Are the opinions and the logic that your friends and family share with you counter to who Jesus is? Do you feel like you're all alone in your faith and it might just be easier to not live it out? Well, if you feel that, you might be the person surrounded by the thorns. Now, here's that that's not great, but here's the good thing. It's that you're not alone. You have a community here at Kuo to walk through all of that with you right now and help you get replanted in some better soil. Now, some of us, we might be this last soil, the one planted in fertile soil that has been allowed to grow. Remember, even if you're in that good soil, there are going to be differing levels of harvest. So don't look at your neighbor thinking like, oh, I'm not doing it right because look at how many people they're bringing to them to, to, to church or how many people they've prayed with or how they gave this thing to that person or how generous they are. Just, just harvest in the field that you have been called to. Just worry about that and then the rest of these things will fall into place. Just be you in the place that you've been called to. Now, here's the deal, though. The first step in any of this is accepting that seed, accepting the gospel, becoming a believer. Now, to call yourself a believer in Jesus, there aren't any religious hoops for you to jump through. All you have to do is simply believe that Jesus is and what he, that Jesus is who he was and did what he said he did. So if you want to declare or redeclare that belief today, I can help you do that. You just have to have a conversation between you and Jesus that we would call prayer. 
Now to help you out during this time, I understand that this can be a little weird. This can be a little scary. I'm gonna ask our entire Akuo community to pray along with you because here at Akuo, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community praying along with you. So if you want to declare your faith in Jesus today, just say something like this between you and him. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now we are a cool church. We talked about that, right? That's the Greek for listen. We want to listen and understand. So what I want to do right now is give you an opportunity to sit in front of Jesus, to sit in front of him and just ask him a question and then allow him to speak to you. And I want you to listen and understand what he's saying. So if you have the ability to just close your eyes and imagine that you are in a good, safe place and Jesus is sitting next to you. And I want you to ask him a question. Now, if you don't get an answer immediately, that's okay. Just keep on going back. You might get an inkling or a picture and understanding of what is right. So here's what I want you to ask Jesus right now as you're imagining him sitting in front of you. Just say, ask him, Jesus, will you show me how you have made me good soil? We'll take a few minutes to ask and listen, and then I'll come back to finish in prayer. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for today. Thank you for the way that you continue to speak to us. Jesus, will you help us see the situations we find ourselves in right now, the things that we are up against? Will you help us understand that? 
Will you please help us understand how the soil your seed has been planted in can change so many different things? Allow us to accept that seed in our lives, Lord. Jesus, can you help us cultivate the seed you have given to us in a way that we will see a 30, 60, or 100 times harvest of what you planted in us? Jesus, thank you for the way that you are going to move in our lives. Thank you for the way that you have moved in our lives. Thank you for the way that you're moving in our lives right now. We love you. And we pray all of these things in your holy and mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Now, before we finish out today, uh, we are might be hearing a little bit about getting called out and, and, and walking and stepping into that next thing, stepping into that place of the harvest. So if that's you, I want you to get linked to us today. I want you to let us know that you are ready to, to work that field that Jesus has given to you here in the Kuo community. And to kind of help you with that, we have a few events coming up over the next few weeks, and they are all related to us linking to our community. The first one will be taking place on November the 19th. Y'all, we have been connected to our next door neighbors, the Sorrento, which are senior affordable apartments. We've been connected to them for a while now. Now they said they're gonna need about 30 Thanksgiving meals provided for them this year. And so that's what we are gonna do. The church will go ahead and buy those 30 turkeys and we are going to ask you to once again, provide the sides. We're going to give you a red HEB bag and a list of sides that you will need to pick up. So that's going to be starting this Sunday. Then on November the 19th, instead of having a service here at church, we're going to go to the Sorrento, have a little bit of worship time while we're there, and then we're going to hand out turkeys and hang out with folks in the area. We're probably going to be running turkeys over. We're going to have some games going on. It's going to be a great, great time. Now, for the, also what we have going on is for the fourth year in a row, we will be helping out Christian Assistance Ministry with their Christmas store. Now, this is a place that families can go get signed up to get new toys for their kids if they can't afford them. Now, I know that there are other programs that take care of Christmas presents for families like Elf Louise and Blue Santa, but, but to be in those, you'd have to have signed up for that like months and months and months ago. Cam does this store for the families that have just begun to struggle, whether it's been for months or for days. Now, there are a few ways that you can help join this. Uh, First, Cam has an Amazon and Target wish list online, and we have put the QR code up on the screen so you can take a look at that. To buy some of those gifts, all you have to do is, is scan that code or go to our social media or the Cam website and click on the links and then purchase that gift. Then they will automatically get shipped to Cam. You don't have to worry about anything at all. You can also go to their Amazon page, look at their, what they have on there and get ideas about what you would like to buy on your own and then bring them here on December the 3rd. Then we will deliver them to Cam. Now we wanna encourage you while you're buying things, not just to look out for the babies and the little kids, but to be thinking about the teens, the older kids, because they're the ones that actually get the least amount of gifts. And, and really the reason that we're able to do any of these things is because of your generosity. So I want you, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being a part of what we're doing here and the way that we can serve people at the Sorrento and the way that we can serve people at CAM and the way that we can serve people in our community, just our, our small community. The reason we're able to do that is because of you and your generosity. Now, I want you to know that when you do give here to Akuo, you're not giving to us. You're not giving to anything that we're building. You're actually giving to your community through us. And we want you to continue to do that. And we thank you so much for being a part of that. Now, the celebration of giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family in this time. And if that's you, that's okay. 
If things are tough for you right now, please allow us to help you out because we wanna be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send an email to us at help at akuo.church, or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Now, when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the on-screen instructions. We also have our text to give the option. For that, all you have to do is text Akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail it to Akuo at PO Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, y'all, that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you, and we'll be praying for you now, and we will continue to pray for you throughout the rest of the week. So before we go, let me just pray over you this one last time. Jesus, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for how you move, and, and I thank you for the seed that you have planted in each and every one of us. Jesus, I pray that as all these people leave here, that they would be able to see the, the, the way that your gospel that your seed is growing in them and in their lives. I pray that they would understand how they have come from some other seed, some other tree uh, that, that threw their own seeds and, and they are growing because of that. And then they are helping somebody else be brought up as well, Lord. I pray that they would be able to see that, they would be able to lean into that, and they would be able to work for you and your kingdom and what is happening here. Jesus, I thank you for everything and who you are. I love you, we love you, and we pray all of these things in your name. Amen. All right, that's all that I have for you this week. We'll see you at a community group this week. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.